What's up, guys? Today, I sit down with our Beyond team, Josh and Michelle, and we talk a little bit about how our church can go beyond the walls of our church. And so remember, the goal of this podcast is that we can know Jesus better and by the power of a spirit, do better so we can be a little better. Well, what is up, everybody? Welcome to A Little Better. Um, I am here with our Beyond team. So, Michelle, Josh, welcome. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. And you're not new to the podcast, so you've nope. been here before, both of you. So, um, exciting times. We get to talk about Beyond. So, this weekend, we talked about a church that cares beyond our walls. And so, we're going to get an inside look uh, of about Beyond and what we do. And before we get started, I would love for you guys to just talk about what role you play in Beyond, and give give people just a, a, a generic idea of the role you play, and then we'll dive into more specifics. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll start off. Uh, my title is Outreach Development Director. So basically, that means when we are looking at what partners we have, what partners we might want to have, how are we engaging with our community, I'm at the front lines figuring out what those partnerships look like and managing those and then looking at where we're going to go next. Mm. Yeah, and I my role is outreach director. It's a little bit broader than just the Beyond stuff. In fact, just a few years ago before Michelle came on, I did everything Michelle does now. Um, but now I report to Michelle as it, re- as it comes to Beyond. So anything she needs me to work with, some of our partners. I also lead our care portal team, so working mm-hmm. with Hub 585 to meet needs uh, in, our, in, our com- in our community or in our county. Sweet. Okay, so I, I didn't prep you guys for this question, so I apologize in advance. Michelle, this is more for you. So you talk about our partners. Like, what do you look for in a partner? Give me the quick, like, hey, guide to this partner is for us. Yeah, um, we're looking for... We're looking, one, for partners that are trying to do the kinds of things that we're trying to do. So, you know, you talked about in your message, we're looking to strengthen families, end poverty, seek justice. That's our mission and beyond. And we want to do all those things with the gospel. And so we're looking for partners that are in our same vein of thought, and they're they're striving to do those things. Uh, we're looking for partners that have significant impact, so they're not just creating activity, but we're seeing the fruit of mm. what they've been doing. Um, we look for partners that are definitely in our communities, and then also around the world, but a large number of our partners work, work and operate right here in Rochester. And when we say partner, we want to like know who they are. We yeah. want to know their names and what their families look like. We want to have an idea of, um, you know, what their lives look like and so yeah. that we can actually be there for them as people and for the organization. And that creates a deeper partnership than just we give dollars and they give, um, you know, that impact. They, yeah, they do the right. things. Yeah. That impact piece is so key. Um, it's why we don't always support necessarily the biggest organizations or the flashiest organizations, because sometimes you can grow an organization by just being very busy and yeah. being visible and busy. So we want to find those partners that are leading to life change. We're seeing people land mm-hmm. in apartments. They're not on the street anymore. We're seeing families reunited. We're seeing connections made. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that type of work, that grittier, more engaged work, um, is a little bit smaller, a little bit quieter. And so we want to empower people that are having those kind of fruit of the work, not just a lot of work. Mm. I love that idea. I I don't know why I didn't think about it like that. But that idea of partnership, you often think of like, we give you money, you do the thing you say you're going to do. But like this engagement that our church has with our partners, Mm -hmm. that we are for you, we are with you, we're going to work alongside of you. And I think 
that's a good shift that maybe even just going beyond our walls, like we're not just partnering with people, we're living this out with them. And I think that's, that's a really cool vision and an idea. Okay. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's think about beyond. Okay. When we we talked about beyond, right. What it is, we, we cleared up some tensions, but when it comes to beyond, what is one thing or a couple things, it doesn't have to be one that maybe people are confused about, don't know about beyond that you want them to know. Yeah. I, I think the main thing I want to communicate is when we're looking for beyond partners, we're asking the question, who's the expert in that space? Because just like you mentioned, we want to go mm-hmm. deep with our partners and we see it through the lens of mutual transformation. We have something to bring to the conversation. We've got some resources, volunteers, all of that that we want to bring. Um, but we want our partner to equip and challenge us too. And so we're looking for uh, partnerships with people who know what they're doing. There's fruit of the work um, and they're really engaged. But that means we often are not reinventing the wheel at Northridge. We're not hosting our own clothing closets. We're not running our own you know, crisis pregnancy center. We are not hosting our own homeless ministries, anything like that. Um, and I think that confuses people a little. When they say, I want to serve in the community, they're waiting for Northridge to be mm. at the center of that engagement. Like, where is Northridge's food pantry? Well, we don't run one. We're going to partner with organizations that are addressing food insecurity in our community in a really intentional way. And we want you to follow their mm. lead. And we want to learn from them instead of reinventing the wheel. So that's the main thing I'd say. Yeah. And like when the pandemic happened, we had a drive through drop off here at our church. The reason why, well, the experts ended up having to close their doors. Mm-hmm. So we did step in in that really physical way. So maybe you're thinking, well, Josh, we did actually drop food off at a pantry yeah. in the Northridge lobby two years ago. Well, that's true. But the reason was is because the experts weren't able to operate. Mm-hmm. And so in that space, we stepped in. And then as soon as they were ready to go again, boy, we shuffled right out and because we, we want to make sure that they're, that they're leading the way. And that's not from a place of lack of compassion or wanting to get involved, but rather just recognizing that they're going to do it better than mm-hmm. we will. And we want to support what they're doing rather than just always having to be the ones owning the project. And well, I was going to say, for what it's worth, a lot of the partners, we were delivering boxes not just to people directly, but also on behalf of some of those partners. Like yeah. We were working with Adult Protective Services. We were working with a bunch of organizations who said, our clients need help and our doors are shuttered. So we were filling a need that the experts told us to fill. Right. So, yeah. Would you say the, the major benefit of, of doing it that way is we don't bog ourselves down um, trying to create all these ministries that will be less effective than just partnering with people who are already doing it really well. Yeah, it's a question of effectiveness for sure. We can be more effective with the same amount of dollars and volunteer hours. We can be more effective leaning into the people who know how to do it right. Um, But not only that, it also reflects this idea of integral mission, that we want to be people who know the gospel and then live out the gospel in our community. And it lets the church focus on Mm. what is uniquely the church's role, which is to preach the gospel, to equip the saints, and then to be senders, to send us out to engage. Mm. And so you let these partner organizations shepherd us as we do that. And then those partner organizations are pointing people back to the church as people engage, as they might accept Christ, as they take steps of faith. Those organizations are saying, now we want to see you in a church community. Mm. It lets us Mm -hmm. go back and forth in a way that I think is letting the church be what the church should be. Yeah. And I also love that, like, 
it, it forces us to go beyond our walls, mm-hmm. right? If we do everything inside of our walls, it just tells our community like, oh, if you need something, want something, you have to come to us right. rather than us partnering with our community and saying, we'll go to you. We'll meet your needs. We'll, you know, walk into the mess or however you want to express it. And right. I love how it forces us not to be such a, no, we, we're the savior. Northridge is the savior. We're not the savior. Jesus is. And we want to partner with other churches and other people in our community to be the church outside the walls of, of, of our church. And so I think that's really cool. Okay. So what, speaking of beyond our walls, what I love about our church is I feel like, you know, we want to be that church and we are working hard to be that right. One, just to brag on you guys, you guys work really hard, um, to move our church into amazing things to get beyond our walls. And so one, I'm very thankful for that, but talk to me about, how you've seen success in, in that? Like what, what, is, what are some things that you've seen God work in partners or let's celebrate a little bit of how, how our church has gone beyond our walls. Yeah. Um, one of the most recent things that we're just so excited about, um, the care portal reached a space where they met their 1,000th need. So 1,000 needs have been placed. And that's not just each need for one child. Sometimes there's a need that's for multiple kids, but 1,000 needs. And that's a need that's placed by a county caseworker. And then people church through local churches meet those needs. And 400 of those needs have been met by Northridge Church. Mm. And just to give you even a broader scope, that's 10% of the needs that have been met in all of New York State have been met by Northridge Church, mm. yeah, people on our care portal team. Six counties, dozens of churches across New York State meeting needs, mm. and almost 40% of the needs in Monroe County are met by Northridge, 10% of those needs met by Northridge across the state. Like, you can't you can't overemphasize how exciting it is to be able to That's mobilize amazing. the largest care portal team in New York State. So. And, you know, just to say something, like, that's one, that's amazing, but... Like, let's not be proud of Northridge Church. Let's be proud of, like, that we are achieving what God wants us to be, yeah. right? That is the yes. exciting thing, right? That we are being the church that was like the early church, right? They were seeing needs and they were meeting them. Um, and I just think that's so cool. What else? How else have you seen God work in in our ministries and beyond? Yeah, um, just to just to sit there for just one more moment longer. Um, one of the things care portal needs tend to be more physical, and so we're seeing the Hub Five Eight Five start to draw toward more of a mentorship model. Mm. Um, and so they're expanding what people can do from meeting physical needs to also walking alongside mm, people. That's so cool. And we're seeing people in our church signing up. They did one cohort of mentors um, back in the spring, and they're launching another one mm. in um, the winter time. And so we've got people at our church that are thinking about it and praying over it. Mm. Is this something I want to do? Do I want to invest? And they don't do it alone. They do it alongside of several other people. So there's several adults that would be pouring into the life of a teen. Um, And so I just think that's a really cool way for us to take our engagement from maybe more of the physical into more of that heart posture of, I want to walk alongside somebody and impact them Mm. the way that Jesus did. That's really cool. And you've also got to talk about the Malawi project a little bit, right? That's the big seeing four of our partners in one location. We've kind of talked about it a little bit. We've got some stuff coming up too to talk more about it. Um, But in the country of Malawi, we are partnered with four different organizations that are on the ground working. And it's a really cool initiative to see um, four 
partners, international scope partners who have expertise. So you got like Hope International is an expert in savings and loans, microfinance to help address poverty. You've got Compassion International that works a lot with children and families, does child sponsorship. So these four partners are saying, what are we experts in? And let's not, let's not do what we're the best experts at. Let's work together as four organizations in one country to kind mm. of multiply that impact and do it through the local church in Malawi. So mm. it's exciting to be one of only a handful of churches that are getting in on um, what I would call kind of an innovative model where typically these organizations don't work together. Mm. They do their own thing in the same place, mm -hmm. but to be on the ground with four organizations that are working together to see the maximized impact of their expertise mm. is really cool. And for the sake of the gospel, working through churches, the goal is to see lives transformed as people are invited to right relationship with God. Mm. Yeah. So what they're actually doing is they're creating a map of the whole country of Malawi. Where are all the local churches and have we offered them this access to training and resources for those pastors, for those church leaders? How can they help their communities? How can they help to end poverty and seek justice and to, you know, strengthen families? How do they do that inside of their local church? And mm. so these four organizations are working together to map the whole country and then offer that to everybody. That's so, cool. so that's not just like ch American church leaders that are doing it. It's the leaders that are from Malawi working mm. in Malawi that are doing that on their side. And then we get to work alongside them and watch those local leaders do what they need to do to reach their own communities. And we just get to applaud them and walk alongside mm. them and, and do whatever we can to support them along the way. I love that you brought that up, especially around the world. One of the greatest tensions people feel with Beyond is they have this great idea, right, of we want to go somewhere across the world and build a church, right? Like a good, that's a great idea. But sometimes their methods don't match ours. And one of our greatest methods is, especially when we're reaching people around the world, is investing in the people of that community to lead and leverage their influence in there. Talk to us a little bit about why we do that and maybe some tensions it creates for people from America. Sure. I mean, I think when we think about what we need to make church happen, I mean, the list is like <laughs> Santa's list for Christmas. It's it exhausting. is so it's exhausting and it's exhaustive and it's mm. it is um it's so full of things that somebody from a Malawian perspective may not need. Yeah. And so really the context of who the people are and how they live their life is critical to what they would want in a church. And so I went to Malawi back in May and I had the privilege of attending some local churches mm. and they meet in, in, small places, sometimes under a tree. Sometimes there's a, like a concrete building with some empty, like some slits in the concrete that work as windows and, and that's it. And they're, they're not really seeking anything more. They don't need the the speakers and the lights and some yeah. of those things. Now, some in the city, they have a different perspective. They're living in a different area. So as you move around the country, what the local church needs looks really different. And it just brings to, to light the, the need for somebody from that country to be telling us mm. what do they need yeah. to make their church so a success. Good. Not us looking over and saying, well, it looks like you don't have a coffee set up and it looks like you don't have, you know, speakers and lights and musicians up front in the same way. No, we got to we got to ask them what do they need to make their church successful? What do they wish that they had and allow them to have the agency to decide for mm. themselves what do they want to continue to grow in God and and work with through that as a church leadership board just like we do. Yeah. 
Well, I think it would be shocking if someone from Malawi walked in my office and be like, let me, let me tell you what your church needs. Right. 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 And, but we do that so often mm-hmm. on the opposite end of that spectrum. Yeah. And I think I love that one, not only are we investing in the community, but we're leveraging and growing leaders to lead their community and spread the gospel. That's what Paul did when he, mm-hmm. he, he did missionaries, find leaders in that community who had influence and leverage that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's really cool. Um, talk to me a little bit about maybe where Beyond is going. Is there anything out there that maybe we're thinking about, dreaming about, something that you're like, you know what, we haven't hit this niche in whatever. Is there anything out there? I might be just asking the question and you're like, no, we feel really good about where we're at. You tell me. Well, I'll say, first of all, we, we like to walk slowly. Because once we're a partner with somebody, we want to be in with them mm. for the long term. And so um, there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely all kinds of things that I see and I'm like, we have to support, we got to get involved with this. And then I, and then I, you know, I have to make sure that we're not working too fast and that we're not um, going to be overwhelming our ability to partner with people well. Uh, I want to be able to resource people with volunteers, with money, mm. and with our time and with yeah. our time. And and so that's really important. Um, there's definitely been this is something that we're just just thinking about a desire to see us um, have something that would reach the community of Webster specifically. We have lots of partners that reach the area of upstate New York or greater Rochester area, but nothing that's specific to Webster. Mm. And so there's been some, just some interest in that um, and just seeking out what, what could that look like? And so that's something that's like a horizon that I'd love to see us walk toward. Mm. That's awesome. I love that. Um, okay, let's shift gears and go more practical, right? So we've given people a glimpse of you know, how we think, the partners that we have, how we go about getting them. But I'm assuming there's people listening to this. There are. I know there are. How do we, how does someone who is, yeah, I know, (laughs) or this is honestly for waste. It's not, I I promise there's people listening. We think, um, how do we, how do I go from someone who is like moved by beyond to someone who goes beyond? Yeah. I, I think we so often think in terms of baby steps, right? Like a community group serves together one time and that is a first exposure to a partner or you try out a serving opportunity. And those are really incredible for getting some exposure. But I would encourage anyone to ask the question, um, what would it look like to have even a small rhythm of engagement with Mm. one of the partners? So find one of the partners and find that one stretching next step. It's not a one-off serving and then maybe you'll come back six months later, but what would it look like to, serve monthly or bi-weekly and think about how you can involve your family in it, right? What does it look like to go um, beyond the walls of my house, involve my whole family in it, get everyone involved in it? Um, For us personally, we did that for eight years as foster family, right? Mm -hmm. So that involved our kids getting involved as we we foster children. And then as we've wrapped up our foster journey, we stay involved with Hub 585 through Care Portal. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a passion space that our family has had and we've said, we want to keep giving. Now it's not, it's not like every day I'm doing that. I'm doing a little bit every week, but I'm a dependable volunteer in that space. And that's what a lot of our partners need. They they love one-off serving opportunities for exposure, but ministry happens when people are boots on the ground week in and week out. And so when our partners have a few volunteers from Northridge 
that will show up weekly or monthly that they can expect to be there when things come mm. up, when they head in a new direction or a project opportunity arises. They love having those kind of regular volunteers. Mm. So I don't want to scare anyone with, it doesn't have to be a massive commitment, but what would it look like to, to commit to something that's ongoing, yeah. not just a one-time serve? Well, isn't that the purpose of the exposure, right? The exposure is to get your heart excited, your passion thrive, to say, I want to commit to this, whatever, whatever that commitment is, right. whether it's once a month, once a week, every other week, it doesn't matter necessarily, but that exposure is to say, man, this is something God's putting in my heart to right. help out and go mm-hmm. beyond our walls. Yeah, I like to think about it as almost building a culture in yourself or with your family of of living justly, of thinking about how do you know how can I how can I serve outside of just this little unit that I'm in, um, and we do that as a church, but building that culture just within yourself, and so that's not always action. Sometimes it's just what we consume or mm. how we how we purchase or yeah. you know what we do with our time, what we're what we're willing to read. I think there's a lot about the culture of who you are as a person that leads you to deeper and deeper action, mm. um, and so it's really it's really about who we are becoming, right? Just like in a church that we want to become a church that goes beyond our walls, but we want to be people also that go, that go beyond that think about how we can go beyond. Um, and so I think it's really about just starting small culture is built slowly, right? So just building that culture in yourself and in your family of how you can be a people that thinks about the hurting, that thinks about people that are, you know, in vulnerable situations and then starts to take action steps as you hear about them. You have to be listening. You have Mm -hmm. to be receiving Mm -hmm. updates or looking on people's, you know, Instagram feeds, follow an organization that you kind of are excited about so that it's always in front of your eyes. Mm -hmm. Because what we're looking at is what we're going to start walking toward and what we're going to start doing. So make it a part of just your regular rhythms to see it and to think about it. And that can help to build a culture. I love that. One thing that had like moved my heart was just receiving the needs of Care Portal, mm. right? It's mm. amazing how like or signing up for a newsletter and just reading what this ministry is doing and the things that they need. Over time, you just it just moves you to action, right? You can't you can't you got to read the email, right? You got to receive the need, yeah. obviously, but like just that small step begins the process of like softening your heart to, to act, to move. And so maybe a a small step for people who are, you know, new to beyond, um, sign up for, you know, find that passion, that ministry, that partner that we have that like, that is like, yeah, man, you know what? I want to get involved. Just sign up for that newsletter, sign up for care portal, see the needs, and then let that slowly move your heart to Mm -hmm. action. Okay. So let's, we talked about like the first couple steps. What are some bigger steps that people can take? Cause I know we have people in our church who are like, man, I'm, I'm in, I love beyond and I want to go even deeper. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, the simplest thing is where's your money at, right? Like treasure moves ministries when there's money Mm. involved. Ministries have the capacity to expand, to grow, and to do deeper things. So maybe giving is an option. Um, I know there are a fair number of people that give to Northridge directly to the Beyond Fund, but what would it look like to become a donor or sponsor monthly with one of our partners, one Mm -hmm. that moves you and gets you passionate? That usually gives you a kind of fast track to inside conversations about what's happening. So maybe... 
think about where your finances are. Um, the next thing I'd say too is um, don't be afraid of taking a slightly more engaged step. The important thing to remember is Michelle and I and many of us are here to help mm. and also our partners don't want you to flounder. Like if you step up and start to serve, they want to train you, help you, encourage you, equip mm. you, pray for you. They're not, you're not just throwing you to the wolves and hoping that you can come out on the other side successful. I think of a great example is World Relief works with um, refugees and they offer these English classes for refugees and they have ESL teachers like people that are experts in doing you know, language training, but they're not looking for you to be an expert in that. They're looking for conversation partners. Would mm. you be willing to show up for an hour or two? Do you, you know, know the English yeah, language? Do, can you speak yeah. English? I can barely. Does that disqualify me? I just want to know. Drew, you're not welcome. (laughs) It gives them a good practice case when they have to work with someone that only half knows English. That guy can do it. I can do it. (laughs) But that, like, the the serving opportunity is really to just show up and talk to someone. The ESL trainers are going to facilitate that. Mm -hmm. You're just having a dialogue about your favorite foods, about Mm -hmm. your kids, and that's it. You're just showing up. Showing up is most of the serving opportunities are showing up and just going wherever they point and ask you to go. And then as you get engaged, those bigger opportunities present themselves. Um, And then the third thing I'd say is, where are you gifted? Like, where are you an expert? Um, It's amazing with many of our partners, they're in a growing season. And some of the questions that they're asking are about fundraising and finances. Mm. And I mean, we've got lots of business people that are experts. Yeah, HR people. You've got training and gift sets and skills and passions. Think about our ministries and how you could leverage those. You don't Mm. have to show up and just do the thing that's on the menu. What would it look like to offer your services to these partners? Grant writing is huge. If you're capable at writing, they could use people mm-hmm. to craft drafts mm. for grants. Like there's just so many um, that take advantage of who you are and who God's made you to be so you can leverage that for their good. Mm. So I, I think of a great example of that is more organizationally, but like I think of the walk for life, right? Through sure. COVID, you, it was hard to get in front of people. And so we just offered our expertise of like, we hey, we know how to stream. We know how to do this. Like, right. why can't we do it this way? And it's the same for individuals. Like you, you go to a job every day, you learn a skill, you're growing in that skill. Sometimes you can just use what you know and your expertise to help grow a partner, help leverage your influence to make them better. And I think that's a pretty easy ask, right, mm-hmm. for people to mm-hmm. use that of their time and stuff like that. So that's great. One thing that I love and one thing I want to celebrate and then we'll kind of wind down is, you know, we say we want to be a church that goes beyond. I really believe that Northridge, you know, we haven't made it. But I, I am excited that we have people in our church that do care, not only for the needs of our church, but for the needs of our community. And I would like to see us continue to grow that, for that to not just be a select few people, but our whole body saying, hey, what small part can I play? And so we got a couple minutes left. What challenge would you give to those people who are not yet a part of that? Yeah, I always joke. I don't, I don't know what our current number is for our church. Let's... I don't know, 1,500, 2,000, maybe there's 4,000 out there, but half of you watch online. I don't know what our, <laughs> what our audience is, but let's say it's 2,000. 2,000 people with 2,000 sets of gifts, mm. passions, skill sets, things that get them excited. Um, we don't all have to do the same thing. You don't even have to do the specific partners that we've chosen as part of Beyond for Northridge. That's us trying to curate a group that we think is very effective. Um, But what is it? What is your passion in your space? I would love to see 2,000 people mobilized 
weekly, monthly, whatever the rhythm that works for your family, but mobilize in our community. Just imagine as one of the biggest churches in, in the Rochester area, that force engaged mm. for good. Um, we're spread out all over the place with where we live. So every neighborhood, every community, every ministry area, you know, one person's passionate about fighting sex trafficking, another, is com- you know, concerned with refugees or foster care. What if we were all engaged like yeah. that? Imagine the difference. I mean, every organization, the city, the county, everybody's desperate for a handful of people that will make a difference because all we hear is the negative news stories. So just a handful of people mobilize. Well, what if the church was 2,000 people doing yeah. what we're passionate about in the community? Imagine the difference. Michelle, Josh stole more most of the time, so what I would you say? drop this mic. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tip the mic. Uh, um, I would just say, man, if, if, you, if you're not sure where to start, just start by listening. Hmm. Just find, find a voice that you've never listened to before and just be willing to sit and hear it. Hmm. Find a pastor or find a church leader that looks different than you, is a different gender than you, is from a different denomination. Just list, just be willing to listen and sit and hear and and be a little bit more open to what's going on in other people's stories. What's the story that God is writing for someone else? Mm-hmm. One example of that is, you know, the Hub 585 had young teen authors write a book called The Voices of Hope, and you can purchase that book on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Go to Amazon, buy the book, and and then, and then read what what is the story of a young teen that was in the foster care system in Rochester? What mm. does that look like? Yeah. You can read their stories. Great advice. Um, and I'm excited to see where our 2,000 people go from here. Let's go beyond our walls. Thanks for joining us on A Little Better.